It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I love how Karen Dawson explains that sometimes out of our greatest struggle comes our biggest gifts or blessings. She has such a positive outlook and we had a wonderful time visiting. Although she grew up in England, she now lives in a neighboring town from where I grew up. Remember to also take a look at her Etsy shop. It's called Fabric Speaks. I'm so happy to speak with Karen today. So glad you could be with me on A Quilter's Life. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's wonderful. Thank you for contacting me. Let's start. Where were you born and raised? Well, I was born in Seattle, Washington, but I was raised in England. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) How long did you live in Washington before you moved to England? I think we only lived in Washington for, I can't be sure, but I would say under two years. Uh And then my parents moved to California and then they moved to England. And so I was eight when I moved to England. Okay. How neat. Tell me about growing up in England. My older sister was nine and I was eight. And we have a younger sister who was one at the time. Um, My older sister and I were put straight into English schools, so that was all new for us. (laughs) And as children do of that age, very quickly assimilated, then it became, that was more our our identity than our American identity. Mm -hmm. And we never went to school in the U.S. again, so all of my school memories are England. Cool. What part of England did you grow up in? I grew up in North Yorkshire, which is about 200 miles north of London, and it's the region that James Herriot lived in, of all creatures great and small, if anyone used to watch that. Uh My grandparents loved that. (laughs) And so, yes, it's a really, really beautiful part of England. Nice. Now, were your grandparents from England or the U.S.? No, both sets of my grandparents are from the U.S. My parents are both American. Okay. So my dad went to work in England, and they and I lived there for 20 years. Wow. What a neat experience. Yes, I married in England, and I had our three children in England. And then we moved, our family, my husband and I and three children, moved to California in 2000. Wow. Yes. So bringing the circle back. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Did it seem strange to put your children into American schools? It did. It did. And I had to ask, you know, I made friends with other mothers who had children in the same grades. And if mothers, if they had older children as well, I would always ask them, how does this work to do this or that? And especially when it came up to high school and AP classes and prom and all of that I had no idea but thankfully 
our oldest daughter, her best friend, had two older sisters. And so that mother, I always ask, mm-hmm. right, what do you do for prom? What What's the protocol for all of it? So she was super helpful to me. Indeed. <laughs> do you have any special memory? Of growing up? Of growing up, yeah. Just talking about school brings back all the memories of school uniforms and school lunches. And <laughs> <laughs> we always went to all-girls schools. Oh. And I only had sisters. So when I had a son, I was like, oh, this is a whole new realm for me. <laughs> 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 then I had to find a mother who had boys who could tell me all about that. <laughs> I'm very much about community so I always find a community wherever I am and that's always been really really important to me Mm -hmm. besides quilting what other crafts have you done or that you do I knit a fair amount I'm in the middle of a cardigan I don't know about other people but my making tends to go in episodes and I'll knit for a while and then I'll put it away for a while and it'll come back out maybe with the seasons because it's nice to knit in winter and Mm -hmm. summer doesn't feel like knitting weather to me. So I do knit and I did learn to knit in England and I crochet a little bit though not much. My main crocheting projects are baby blankets for non-profit that sends them overseas. So I crochet baby blankets for that. I could watch TV and crochet at the same time the baby blankets because it's just back and forth on a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm knitting a cardigan, I have to count and all that. I can't do that and watch TV at the same time. So I like to do both of those. I would say those are my main ones, though I am a big gardener. What do you like in your garden? We moved to a different area of California last year and it's a much nicer place to garden and so it's been a really great garden we have some really lovely large tomatoes that are very flavorful and I'm really enjoying those this year and a new thing this year that I've grown are collard trees instead of collards you know as an annual green like kale Uh there's a variety that grows as a tree and they produce all year round and they're very, very productive. I hadn't heard yeah, of that before. Yes, yes. They grow about four feet tall. So they have one trunk and all the greens are on the top. Hmm. And then you can propagate them from the one you have. So they only live about four years. So you need to start propagating if you want a continual supply. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Lots of fun. And I also volunteer at a garden near us. It's a community garden and it's all organic and 100% of what they grow is given to the food bank. Nice. So I really, really enjoy that. As one of the ladies who also volunteers, she said it meets my two passions of gardening and social justice. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you were in California. What part of California are you in? We're in Sonoma County, which is north of San Francisco. Really? How close to Runner Mm. Park? We live in Santa Rosa, so very close. Okay. I graduated high school, Rancho Cotati. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I saw on your website that you have lived in California. Yeah. I know right where you are. Nice. It's a good part of the world to garden, that's for sure. Yeah. 
though we are in the fire zone at the moment, so we have had smoky days. Yeah, one of my friends uh, posted a picture of ash on her sidewalk. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> back to my questions. Who introduced you to quilting? My grandmother and my sister. I always watched my grand. I mean, I didn't spend a ton of time with my grandmother because we lived in England, but we would always come back for summers and we would spend six weeks living with them. So when you live with someone for six weeks, you really get to see their life. And she quilted and I would watch that, though I never did it at that time. That, That was through my early teens and late teens. I think my younger sister started quilting before me. So the first quilt that I made, which is the Hawaiian quilt that will be on the website, we lived in Chico at the time. My husband, when we moved to California, we already had three children, but my husband wanted to go back to college. He had never finished college in England. You don't really have the opportunity there to go back to college as an adult. So when we moved to California, he saw that he could go back to college and he went to Chico State and did a teaching credential. But we moved from there for his job and I saw a class advertised at a quilting store to make a quilt top in one day. Mm. And I knew that I needed to finish it in one day because we were just about to leave and I had these three kids and I knew if I took a half-finished quilt top and all the pieces, I might not find it all again. (laughs) (laughs) So I signed up for that class They had pre-cut all of the pieces, and so it was just a sewing, and it was the very first time I had quilted. So I went, and I was determined that I was going to finish that top in the day, and I did, and nobody else did. And one of the other ladies who was taking the class, she had come with a friend, and they did quite a bit of chatting, (laughs) as we do when you quilt. But one of the other ladies said to the person who was leading the class that she felt like it was misadvertised she felt like she hadn't got her money's worth because she hadn't finished her quilt top (laughs) and and she looked around and said and no one else has and then the teacher said but that lady has (laughs) (laughs) and I said well I came in with the knowledge that I needed to finish this today and so I worked pretty hard (laughs) So that was my very first quilt. Oh, cool. It's pretty. It's been a favorite with all of the kids through the years. That's one that most of them pull out. It's just a nice size. It's probably not even a twin size, but we're all tall in our family. It's long enough to fully cover, you know, if you're laying on the couch, go all the way past your feet and cover you all. Oh, nice. (laughs) So, yeah, but not so big that it becomes uh, hard work to manage. (laughs) (laughs) describe your favorite quilt I must say that quilt does still have a really soft spot in my heart I'm not sure that I have a favorite because as I make each one in some way they each become my favorite Uh yeah (laughs) so I don't think I could pick one out but that is my favorite when working on your quilts do you have a favorite tool Yes, I like my quarter-inch foot very much. And my last sewing machine died, and my mother gave me one of hers because she had two. And it doesn't have a quarter-inch foot, and I haven't bought one yet, and I'm really missing it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and I also, I really love my rotary cutter and ruler and cutting mat because I do so much on that. Yeah. The rotary cutter is wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about your favorite part of the process. I actually really like the sewing part, I would say. I Usually my quilts have a destination. I don't make many quilts for myself or my family, our nuclear family. So most of them have a destination already. And so I find as I sew, my mind just goes all sorts of places, but I think a lot about who's going to get it and what they'll do. And it makes me think about their life and the time that I've had with them. And so I find it a very sweet, meditative kind of time. Yeah. I really like that about quilting. Mm-hmm. Can you share with me your worst quilting experience? I was thinking about this and I thought, oh, I don't really have one. And then I did just think of one. <laughs> Maybe I was trying to block it out. But in high school, I, I guess my daughter saw maybe a friend or a, a friend's older sister had a T-shirt quilt with kind of their memory quilt with all the T-shirts from high school, which seemed to be abundant, mm-hmm. you know, bound and this event and that event and places they volunteered and all sorts. And I've saved quite a bit because I didn't end up with a lot of items from my childhood because my parents moved a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was more intentional about saving memory items for my own children. So my kids, I have some T-shirts from kindergarten from them. So she saw this T-shirt quilt that she liked and she asked me to make one for her 18th birthday, I think it was. Maybe high school graduation, I'm not sure which. And so I got the advice of a much more experienced quilter and she actually helped me cut out and put the pell on on the back of the T-shirt pieces. Mm -hmm. But her pell on of preference was a much heavier pellon than I would have chosen in hindsight. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, my daughter had asked me to make this a big, big, big quilt. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You know what's coming next. (laughs) That thing was so heavy. (laughs) She couldn't even hardly lift it. (laughs) So, because I'd done the T-shirts, this is the picture I want to send you, I'd done the t-shirt cutting out the t-shirts and I'd done the sashing in between you know and I, then I put on this fairly large border to make it big like she wanted it mm-hmm. and, uh, and she didn't really say anything she's super sweet daughter and especially at that at that age she really wouldn't have said anything but I noticed that it really wasn't coming out at all it wasn't being <laughs> used <laughs> finally a few years later we talked about it and and it came out that it was really rather an unwieldy quilt. And so she left it with us when she left home. So I took that quilt and I cut a good bit of the border off. So I brought it much closer into the T-shirt part of it. And then I put new binding on it and it improved it tremendously. And now she actually uses it and enjoys it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I have not made another T-shirt quilt yet. <laughs> I have two more children and they have not received a T-shirt quilt. 
Well, my younger daughter, she has her T-shirts all stacked up ready for me, but I still haven't gathered the courage. And I think I made that first one seven years ago. And I still haven't got over it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do have such a, a light weight for that now. Yes. I am more experienced now and I think I could do a better job, but yeah, I still haven't plucked up the courage. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it funny the things we put off? Yes. Why do you think you make quilts other than doing a different hobby? I make quilts for people. It's how I express my feelings for them, you know, my love. It's often uh, an occasion. There's a reason why it's come to me. I've made quilts for friends who have lost a husband or a child. Mm. And that is just like it's my way of expressing comfort and care to them. And I've made a quilt, which is the one my sister's going to take a picture of for my niece who had some major surgery when she was young and my older sister and I and my mother we wanted to give her something that when she was in hospital and she had a really long recovery time that she could see and she could remember the people that loved her mm-hmm. and so we made that for her well I sewed it my mother and sister chipped in on money for the fabric which was a huge blessing to <laughs> me <laughs> because we've always lived on a tight budget yeah. but um I did the sewing and really enjoyed that. And that was a big quilt, but it's a chevron pattern. And oh, neat. I really enjoyed making that. You know, then my kids, I've with each of my daughters, that's why I gave you the rag quilt picture. My sisters and I had made that for my grandmother, but with each of my daughters, their first quilting project with me was a rag quilt because it's easy for a beginner. They both made them when they were about 11 or 12. And they both still have them and use them each day, which I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are the ones that they and I made together. So, yes, and I sent a picture of the crazy unmatched <laughs> scrap quilt <laughs> because we have a king-size bed and I never had a quilt to go on it. And I wanted one, but as we've always lived on a tight budget, I've never wanted to pay the money to buy fabric specifically to make a quilt. But over the years, I have a lot of scraps. And so when I had some surgery a couple of years ago and I had to be doing more sitting down activities, I thought, I've got enough scraps here. I think I could piece a whole king-size quilt. And so I did. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. My quilting usually has a practical side to it. So someone I love or for myself but I make it out of scraps so that it doesn't cost any more. Yeah. On this quilt that you're talking about, what was the size of those squares? They're three inch squares. Three inch, okay. I had quite a bit of fairly small scraps. That seemed to be a size that I could get something out of most of the scraps that I had. It ended up sort of being a memory project because some of them are fabrics that my children had I'd made something for them or they had chosen to make something with and then I had some scraps some of it was scraps that my sister had given me some of it was scraps like I have a few scraps from that very first Hawaiian quilt 
Fun. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things in it. What are you working on now? Right now, I started a little sewing business in April when we had the shelter in place. And mm-hmm. I've always made so much for other people. And so many people have said, you know, you can really sell this. So when we had shelter in place and I had a bit more time, I thought, you know what, I might just give that a go. And so at the moment, I'm making a happy birthday. I call it a banner. It's got triangles on a piece of ribbon, kind of. Yeah. And you yeah. hang it up on the wall. I don't know what you call those here, but yeah. it's very popular in England. Is that a banner? I believe it's banner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Somebody bought one that I'd made, and then she ordered four more. <laughs> so <laughs> one for a gift for a friend of hers, and then three for each of her children for Christmas gifts. Oh, wow. But as I was cutting out and sewing, I thought of how many quilting techniques I use even to make that. I cut my strips and then I stack them all up and cut the triangles out, you know, multiple fabrics at once. And then as I'm sewing the front to the back of the triangles, I chain those as I sew. So it's, yeah, it felt like quilting in a way. <laughs> yeah, I took a look at those on your Etsy shop and uh-huh. they are very professional looking. You do oh, a wonderful job. Oh, thank you. Job. Thank you. I really enjoy making them. And it's interesting to look back and sometimes our greatest struggle out of it comes one of our biggest gifts or blessings. Because we've always lived on a tight budget, first of all, my husband went back to school when we already had three kids in school ourselves. So we had no income for four years. Wow. And then we lived on a new teacher's salary, one, <laughs> you know, one new teacher's salary for a family of five. And we had kids in high school by then. Wow. Budget's always been a fairly driving factor in our lives. But I made that first happy birthday banner when our kids were quite little. Well, my husband was in college, so they were preschool, early elementary. And my mother had given me some scraps. and. I wanted to make a decoration and I thought I could make a happy birthday banner. So I made it and it was absolutely purely scraps. So it had no big theme to it and we still use it. Every person's birthday it goes up and it's become this huge tradition in our family now. And I would have never known that at the time. Yeah. It's lasted through the years and just really become a treasure. And when I make them for other people now, all those feelings still come back to me. Yeah. So it's really, really sweet. That's so cool. Tell me about why your family says fabric speaks. Mm. The first time that I put those words together was when my niece had surgery. And I had bought an empty notebook. It was a cute, you know, cute one. And I had the idea to send it around to all of our family, which was spread throughout the U.S., and her friends and her family friends. I asked everybody to write something in it for her, and we gave it to her. I can't remember the day before or the day after her surgery. I kind of tried to prompt people. They could stick something in. They could share a favorite quote. They could put a cartoon in, whatever they wanted So when the book finally came back to me, it was full and it was fat because people had put things in it. So it came to my turn and I'd sort of flipped through it and it was just amazing. All of the love and all of the creativity. 
And I kind of felt like, what am I going to write? And it, how can I follow all of this? But I had been working on the quilt and I put a scrap of one of the fabrics in and I said, you know that in our family, fabric speaks more than words themselves. That when you see this quilt, you know, because you've seen it throughout our family, that how much we love you and how much you mean to us. And so that was the very first time that I wrote those words down. And when I was thinking about my shop, that's what came to me. It was just that fabric itself can say much more than I can say in plain words. Wow, that is so, so neat. Mm-hmm. What a cool idea to send that notebook around. Had you heard of that before oh, or it just came to I, you? I hadn't. It just came to me. I'm quite creative and I usually have a fair amount of ideas for a fair amount of things. <laughs> and so I did it and oh my goodness. And then people, when they visited her in hospital or when they visited her at home afterwards, if they hadn't written in it already, they had the chance to write in it too. We all looked at it and said, we want a book of our own because it was such a tangible outpouring of people's love. And it was this joke for a while that we all, I mean, a joke, but serious. We all wanted a book of our own. (laughs) So when my mother turned 70, we did the same thing and she didn't know about it. And we sent the book around to everybody family, friends, all through the country. You know, it takes a while for it to go round, mailed from one person to the next. But we did a book for her and she was just so overcome. (laughs) And she couldn't believe that we all kept it a secret. Like every person that she knew (laughs) had not told her. (laughs) Wow. So did you make a list of who it needed to go to so people knew who to send it to next? Or how did you do that? Yes, I had a sheet in it and with everyone's names and addresses. And I, you know, planned it out geographically. So it kind of went across the country and ended up with my sister on the East Coast. And then she sent it back to me. So that it didn't zigzag, you know, I just wanted it to be fairly efficient, which is, I don't know, it's kind of who I am. (laughs) So they had to cross off their name and send it to the next person on the list and so on. Neat. Also, your greeting cards were very cute Mm. how did you get that idea it was again how can I make best use of what I have and I had all these little scraps and I'm just thinking what am I going to do with them (laughs) and I do like to write letters I've made them before just you know randomly for people as it struck me so my mind sort of skipped back to those and I thought you know what I might be able to package those and sell them and so it helps. One of my goals for my shop is to be, um, you know, eco-friendly and sustainable. And so the more that I can use of something that would normally be waste, the better. Yeah, that is really neat. And I do like to write letters. It's kind of something that I think isn't done as much. I love that that might come back a bit more. <laughs> yeah. How about sharing a tip with me? A quilting tip? Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I don't think I'm a good enough quilter to have any tips. (laughs) I I guess the only thing that comes to my mind is just to do what you love. Yeah. 
That's okay. One lady said, I don't tell other people what to do. I'm not giving any tips. <laughs> <laughs> I think in every every area of life, if we all did our passions, you know, if we did what we loved, the world would be a richer place, I think. Yeah. But so often we get sucked into what other people are doing or what we think other people want. Mm-hmm. I'm not such a free spirit that I'm great at doing that, but I'm trying to do that more of really embracing my strengths, um, the things that I've learned, and that frees other people up to share what they've learned and their strengths. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping way back now. I was wondering, so are your parents still over in England? No, they're not. They came back to California too. My dad retired from his career job and now he uh, teaches part-time. He's 74. So all my kids and my nieces and nephews, you know, all of his grandchildren are all, you know, he's kind of a legend that he still works so much. and (laughs) (laughs) He's 74. (laughs) Oh, And he doesn't just... Well, I mean, he is and he's in good health and he has so much to offer and so why why not he he does it purely for the love of it he doesn't need the money he just does it because he loves it that's great so are they close to you there then they're down santa clara county okay way so not too far well, this was so much fun i so enjoyed visiting yes it's been really nice bye-bye okay bye so glad you joined me for this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a review as it helps others to find the show? Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website or a Quilters Life Facebook group to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.